Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everyone, to the Pure Hope Show this evening. We are live. And I just love doing these shows live because it gives our audience an opportunity to call in with questions and to be a part of our program. So the number to call our show, and I'll say it very slowly, is 213-559-2974. I'm going to say that once again. The number to call in to ask questions is 213 213- Five five nine two nine seven four. Then please just press one, and our program director will answer your call. And we'll try to get to those questions as soon as we can. All of our shows are dedicated to opening up the heart, and I'll set an intention before our show goes on to have this program be the highest in the heart of all. So hail to our journey journey into the light for this evening. May we all be inspired to definitely in the middle of our ascension and we are experiencing many, many things that are unfolding before our very eyes. All of us are shutting off our old layers of self and we are letting go of old reality. We are joyfully standing, joyfully standing at the threshold of our rebirths. We at the Hope Interfaith Center, which is located in Mankato, Minnesota, and I tell everyone that if you're ever in Mankato, we'd love to have you at the center. Um, my assistant will meet you at the door and greet you with love. We are dedicated to standing together in that vibration of love. We are dedicated to standing in the vibration of forgiveness and respect for all life and all people. So we have so many classes here. We have opportunities at our center for people to come into community. And when Spirit told me to do this blog talk show about a year and a half ago, it was also meant to bring people once again together in love and in light. And I guarantee you that this was not just another broadcast and a production. This production of this show from the very, very start was meant for an intentional divine purpose under the guidance of a spiritual hierarchy or spiritual hierarchy and our guides and our angels and our holy ones very much here are working at the Hope Interfaith Center and I'm sure with all of you to gather people together to receive information that I believe is going to be current, up-to-date information and I would say on the edge information and we are bringing that forth to help humanity become all that they were meant to be. Watch your year, and we are all part of this at the Hope Center and with all of our guests that we've done on the air. In one short year and a half since we've been the air, only once a month, we've had many, many hits, over 25,000 hits um, 
and that is bringing it out to the people. So thank you, thank you for listening to our programs. You will not regret tuning in tonight because we have a fascinating and a beautiful woman on the show tonight. I was just talking to her just a little bit beforehand, and I told her that I felt this uncanny comfortableness having her on the show. This is the first time that I felt I wasn't nervous, and she says, imagine that doing it with ease and grace and being in comfort. So um, I'm very, very excited to have her on the program. What I also appreciate about this woman is that she's ready to do full disclosure of her gifts and her abilities. And with the beautiful and potent energies that we have been showered with this month, my my on June 13th we've been showered and we've been showered for the solstice, Listening to this program might just be the cherry on the top of the Sunday that you need. So what I have been seeing just in the last month is less and less and less resistance in my clients. They also, which has been beautiful, owning their gifts, their talents, their sacred contracts, to why they have incarnated to begin with in the first place to come to Gaia planet earth so tonight we are graced by a guest who has also relaxed into her sacred contract and she is more than willing to share her gifts with us tonight she is a woman who is being assisted by the cosmic source of all that is to help people step into their own self mastery believe that the time of preparation is over and full action and mastery are the order of the day expansion of our true self and to reveal our full disclosure of of our being is at the top of the list at this time that is why I am excited to interview this person tonight because she will be in full disclosure and she is not afraid and it is my hope that this show will not only open your heart but it will also inspire you to not hide anymore, not resist anymore. Let me tell you just a bit about this wonderful guest. She is known by um, Shirley B., that is her broadcast name and her working name. She grew up in Denver, Colorado, and she is coming live tonight from this wonderful state. She has been able to pick up on spirits since she was at the age of a very young age of six years old. At age eight, she knew she had psychic abilities. She is now an intuitive reader, a medium, energy worker, and she enjoys working with each individual as part of the collective consciousness. Her greatest gifts to see the gifts in others and to help facilitate those gifts to come out she has been doing her work for the past 18 years. She is willing to give little readings tonight, which I think is exciting and bold and wonderful. And she's also here for all of us to bring in what we call, or what she calls, crossovers from the other side. She's been known to bring in movie stars or well-known personalities. She's work. She also does energy clearings and DNA activations. 
I believe that the list could go on and on and on, but without any doubt, I believe that this show tonight will bring curiosity inside the show because it certainly does within me. Again, while listening to this evening, if you would like to phone to our program, ask a question, make a comment, ask for someone to come across, have a little reading done, the number to call is 213-559-2974. Press 1, and we'll get you on the program tonight. So let us all give a warm welcome to Shirley B. Hi, Shirley. How are you tonight? Hi, Ho. Boy, I don't think I could top that intro. You, you even made me get impressed with myself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, um, it's quite, and I haven't given them all the information about you. And, and like I said, I, I do feel this uncanny comfortableness with you. And um, so already I like your authenticity and your connection um, with the universe because it feels very comfortable for me, and I love that about you. So well, welcome on yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just going to say that's probably that comfortable morphic feel that we share. Yes, yes. That's a, a lovely way of putting it, a lovely way of putting it. Well, when I was reading all of your information that was brought forth, uh, the biggest thing that I thought was really interesting is when you were a little girl and you knew your gifts and abilities, how did that how did you know when you were a little girl that they were even psychic gifts or these were abilities um, other than just your kind of normal, average, everyday thing that everybody does? Well, I noticed when I was younger I was seeing things that other people really weren't seeing. And, of course, I was having trouble understanding them, and I would ask my parents, what is that? And they had no idea what I was talking about. I also had a, a huge fascination with um, ghosts and spirits, and I would feel things, and I remember I was getting books, oddly enough, out of my school library on ghosts and spirits and reading up on them and bringing them home from my school, and I remember all the color leaving my father's face when he saw those books. And he was just mortified. <laughs> I bet. You must have not went to a Catholic school and have ghost books in your library at school. No, just a regular public school, but it just seemed like I was always knowing that there were things around, and I was always feeling different things, and I was very empathic to a lot of the energies. So it kind of made me look like an oversensitive kid, too, which mm-hmm. was kind of bugging my teachers because they're like, what does it matter with her? First of all, it made it very hard to pay attention in school because I was always mm-hmm. sensing a thing going around, and I was always kind of getting into different realms and feeling things and uh you know, they were tagging me with it. You're not paying attention. You know, you need to be fully present here. And I couldn't understand why the others weren't feeling what I was feeling or seeing what I was seeing. So uh, I think that I knew I was different. I just didn't know why. But I just couldn't stay away from those different books and wanting more and more information at it, you know, even as a kid. And uh, my father oh. never did get real comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you stuck with it and that you're on the air tonight with us and you're doing all this great work for the universe and all the people. So um, I'm glad that you, you know, fearlessly went forth, even if your dad didn't really appreciate it at that time what was happening to you. So 
So the other fascinating thing I thought that I definitely wanted to talk to you about your ability to bring in celebrities from the other side. Um, do you know about when that started happening? Well, I think that even um, when I was a kid, I was very sensitive to when uh, famous people had died. Um, I would often feel uh-huh. things around, and I would also sense things. Uh, I do remember, though, so of course, much later in years, I was um, watching the, you know, the scandal between um, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, and you know, he was saying, "No, I, I never did that with this woman," and I heard Marilyn Monroe yell, "Liar!" <laughs> I, I, she, she does, uh-huh. even on the other side, she really does not care for politicians. Uh, really has nothing nice to say to them. And she was uh, in my head defending Monica Lewinsky. And who do these guys think they are? You know, just because they are an officer, politicians, they they can mess up people's lives and use anyone they want. And she went on and on and on. And we had this huge conversation while I sat there and watched this whole political event. But boy, she had an earful to give me. Wow. So I, I, interesting. Uh, also, I often note that celebrities will sometimes ask me if they can come in my readings. Yeah, and I often, that too. Yeah. I mean, I often bring in, you know, the, the masters come in, you know, mm-hmm. the angels in, uh, crossovers come in that are often very relevant uh, to my client, uh, being a family relative or a friend. But sometimes I would get hit up, may I come in this read, and uh, John Denver channeled uh, through a friend of mine. Right after he died, he came to see her, and she got countless channels. And then after that, after I did a reading with her, he started showing up in my readings. And often he would just sit around and give some very wise statements. He was a very spiritual man, a very interesting man. And uh, then later, after Liz Taylor died... Uh, she wanted to come into my readings. They would just ask. And, of course, as people recognized who they were, they were always flattered. Oh, she's here in my reading? You know, how how cool is that? And Liz Taylor loves to give advice about love Hmm. because she went through so much. Yes, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and so I, I would just hear tremendous, wonderful wisdom from her through her own experience that she would impart to some of my clients, uh, you know, upon, you know, following their heart and getting out of something that really isn't very good for them. Uh And sometimes she cite her own examples in order to help them out. And, of course, her her soulmate, you know, really was Burton, even though she was very cool. But she Uh would uh, help others, you know, if they were having, you know, trouble with their soulmates, that type of thing. And I've mm-hmm. also got Whitney Houston in my reads who had talked about getting over addictive issues and that type of thing. So it's very interesting when they, when they show up. And when they come, do you just intuitively know who they are? Or do they announce, like, I'm Marilyn Monroe and I'd like to talk to you? Or, like, uh, do I can, they I can announce kind of that? Energy. Yeah, I can, I can see them in my mind's eye. Okay. And yep. it is an energy signature, and, and they will confirm to me who they are. And wow. then they will ask, okay, if I come into your readings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just ask Wonderful. Fascinating. 
Well, the name of the show, I love it because I use the word kind of full disclosure with Shirley B. So my next question is, is that has it been hard for you to disclose this to other people who you connect with that celebrities might cross over during their readings or has that been difficult for you? Actually, most people are really flattered or thrilled. Oh, really? She's here. He's here. Oh, how cool. I love his music. You know. Oh, I love uh-huh. his movies. I've rarely uh-huh. gotten a bad uh, feedback on that. Sometimes it's a little harder on other mediums who, you know, usually bring in, you know, just loved ones and that type right. of thing. And they're like, why are you bringing in celebrities? And how are you going to evidence that, you know, the information you're bringing in is correct, and who are you going to confirm with? So I, I, I totally understand that. I mean, uh-huh. I totally get that. And when you bring in somebody's grandmother and you bring in a few, you know, details about maybe how they died or things that were a part of their life or attitudes, uh, a person could usually confirm. But if you bring in a celebrity, um, you really don't know. Right. You, mm-hmm. you really don't, unless their family members are listening, and they could probably call you up and say, yeah, yeah, that sounds just like them. But mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the things I've gotten have made perfect sense, especially with some of the advice they've given. Uh, sometimes they think it's great if they can come through into a radio show and be heard, even if it's from the other side. I found it interesting that Kurt Cobain uh, did come through on the Dave the Mystic show and told people, do not kill yourself. Wow. You are not find peace on the other side if you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be, um, you're going to have retribution. There is going to be things that you are going to have to face, whether you want to or not. And you're probably going to come back and face it worse. And you don't just ascend into a heavenly paradise of peace. You're, you're going to have to face what you did and who you've hurt when you do it. And he mainly wanted to come through to warn these kids, do not kill yourself. And Uh that was one of the main reasons he hit me up and why he wanted to come through on the air, which I thought was very interesting. Wow. Yeah, because my next question was, you know, when celebrities do cross over to speak, I was wondering if they had a certain purpose when they came through, you know, if it was about, and I suppose it depends on who's, who's, wanting to come in, if they were going to talk about world changes or if they come to teach us or do they sometimes come just to entertain us. But it sounds like they're actually coming through with great purpose to tell the audience something. I have to agree with you. I mean, even in their lives as a live, anyone who is a public figure, whether they're like us or in their spiritual life or they're coming through as an entertainer, or even if they're coming through as a mobster, there, there's a message going out to the whole world. People watch these people. They, they relate to them in some way. You know, sometimes, like when you think of John Dillinger, and people were fascinated with him back in his day. And really, he wasn't the nicest guy. But sometimes people, in trying to handle even the darkness in themselves, unfortunately may have been relating to the darkness in this, in, you know, in this criminal and almost identifying in a strange way and maybe having to face their own darkness and look at things. You know, it's, it's great to love the light and go into the light and, and bring it in, but it can be intimidating to someone who does not know how to deal with their own darkness, who, who or perceives 
perceives it to be their darkness and doesn't realize that there are ways in order to handle it spiritually. When you uh, get with the concepts of religion at times, you can really see spirituality in a very black and white manner or a very dark and light. And this is the one where you've got devil God. You know, God is all good and light and love, and the devil is all bad and evil and, you know, attacks every time something goes wrong. Well, a negative can definitely be a positive, and, and, you know, really all darkness is is an object in the light. Darkness contracts, and because it contracts, it cannot sustain itself. It only lives with permission of the light because it lives in the shadows, and it must take a form, and it has to take the form of the object in the light. The light is absolute, it is fluid, and it is everywhere. But if you have a shadow with an object in there, then the darkness has permission within the light to live there. Remove the object, no shadow, the light is fluid and totally takes over. But when people feel that their darkness is a, um, a malady, you know, it's something that is a curse or a virus that they don't know how to get rid of, then you wind up in this don't think of a pink elephant type of thing. Now, whatever right. you do, do not think of a pink elephant. Okay, you're not thinking of a pink elephant, are you? <laughs> you, you can be much to resist, you know, literally. So mm-hmm. what happens like, when people become public figures, whether they are perceived as evil or perceived as very, very good and enlightening, there, there is a purpose in that. And I do remember even in the case of, I think it was uh, George Wallace, when, you know, he was very much a segregationist, and he was very into, um, you know, the, the prejudice and separating, you know, the black people and the white people. And then after he got shot, he allowed um, blacks to be in his office, and he totally turned around and changed everything. And, you know, people watch this. They watch this unfold. Not only do we watch our own lives unfold, but when you see public figures out there, we're relating to them, and these people have very, very tough missions. It, it is not easy when everything you do is, you know, scrutinized and thrown on paper and in pictures. And in the age of technology, it's even harder. And when you have somebody like Marilyn Monroe, who very much personified the woman goddess, if, if you think about it, she yeah. was very vulnerable, yet she was very tough. She was very central, yet she was very, you know, practical. And she could use energy to turn the Marilyn Monroe thing on and off. She would be like an everyday gal, and, you know, she'd be walking with her friend down the street, and then she would say to her, do you want me to become her? And her friend fascinated said, sure. And she would shift the energy, and people were running up all of a sudden, asking for her autograph and recognizing that she was Marilyn Monroe. Wow. So I wow. think that in the afterlife, a lot of the those who had uh, those kind of contracts in this um, existence want to come through and either correct something that perhaps was misunderstood or just have their voice heard. And because they are recognized, people will be interested in what they have to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've always thought that too, is that that life must be very, very difficult. And now with Twitter and, you know, Facebook and all of that stuff, their lives are inundated. And and I do believe that they are here for a purpose because everybody kind of tunes in to um, watch them and learn from them. So. So, like, right now when we are talking to each other, do you feel or do you hear, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you feel or do you, but I guess I am putting you on the spot. I don't know. Oh, that's um, okay. I've been on the spot before. So. <laughs> um, any spirit crossovers of uh, celebrities that would wish to talk to our audience tonight who is listening? Well, let me check and see who we have in tow. Um, I do know that I did get hit up by a couple that wanted to make themselves known, uh, that we we didn't get the chance to do it on the show before when I was with Dave. And I, I think we might have a choice. Okay. Let's see who we've, we've got coming in here. And this is kind of interesting. Um, oddly enough, I, I think I'm actually picking up on Elvis. <laughs> oh, that is so fascinating. I, first, I got to tell Elvis and you, my assistant, when I asked my assistant, of all the people, who would you like Shirley to talk to? And she goes, I don't know. I'm always fascinated with Elvis. So here you've got Elvis. Interesting. And that's not what I expect, kind of step in front of everybody. So that yeah. that is interesting, and that, that's who made themselves known. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I get from him is that he does think your show is absolutely wonderful. Oh, great. And he is so happy that you're bringing uh, joy and light and understanding to so many and he's willing to help from the other side any way he could. He said that his quest to understand and find, you know, and find God and understand God was lifelong. And even in the afterlife, he's just beginning to understand the incredible love and who God is. So that that's how he's introducing himself. I hope. <laughs> and 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 this is what I'm feeling. As soon as you started, because I I rely on my heart and my, you know, my God bumps and goose bumps and goddess bumps that are on my arm. And right now, if you could see the hair on my, both my arms, they're standing up. And so I appreciate that comment. I even got tears in my eyes and appreciate that comment from Elvis Presley. And I will take all the help that I can get because I, again, once again, Right before the show, I set an intention, and another woman stopped by, and I said, my intent is to bring this to as many people as I possibly can. And so I need all the help I can get to bring this further out. So once again, Elvis heard that comment. And I thank Elvis, I really, and I thank you for bringing him through. I thank you for bringing him through. We do have a question. Would you like to take your first question of the evening? Sure. Okay, here we go. This is Joe 
with a question. Hello, Hello. Joe. You Hi, are Joe. on Hi there. Go ahead and ask well, your question. I have a question. I'm, I'm fascinated with Albert Einstein. Do you ever have Albert Einstein come through, or is it just typical other kinds of stars and celebrities? Um, Albert Einstein often is very much a guide to many metaphysicians. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be kind of a surprise that um, Albert Einstein, um, his theory of rel- relativity actually had a few flaws, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't he did it. But actually it did, because actually thought and tension and spirituality really does work faster than the speed of light. Thought can become action in an instant. And yeah. Yeah. I'm trouble was possible, but yes, it is. It's very, very possible. And him, uh, Tesla, mm-hmm. are, off, uh, are, are, are guides that I see around a lot of metaphysicians all the time, particularly with those working with DNA, working with frequencies. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm and, very so, much uh, um, attuned to energy, and so I was wondering if there would be anyone that would come in for a message for me about my gifts and how to use them here on, on planet Earth. Well, you are... You you appear to be you, you appear to have a lot of um, energies that are very attracted to spirits on the other side as well. But when I get around you, you get a lot of meditations. I kind of get that. Do you meditate quite a bit? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, oh, okay, you're you're channeling in something that's that's kind of unusual. It's it's kind of different. And okay. I would say that they are definitely forms on the other side, but not necessarily what I would call spirits or ghosts. But they're almost like um, they're almost like pixies. They're they're almost like uh, what I would call a hathers. You know, e- even a, a, sure, a exactly. Yeah, I know the hathers. I know yeah. the Pleiadians. <laughs> okay, uh, and that's what you're bringing through. You're channeling many, many messages from them. And because those messages are very evolved and they're very much in high frequency, it doesn't surprise me that you tap in to Einstein. Ah. So he comes around. He's still working with the Earth magnetic fields and working with the grids, even from the other side, and he's helping other scientists, and he's helping Mm -hmm. metaphysicians to evolve and is working diligently to try to bring in free energy here. Awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah he, he just so, feels present. Yeah, he's around you right now. Yeah. And, uh, so is there does, any... Go ahead, he sorry. That he does comb his hair on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. Does he have a message about how to use my gifts more, though, for to help others help the oneness to bring more light to this earth? Yeah, he does. And it's just kind of a, a different type of message, but okay. th- this is what I'm hearing. Look beyond your sight. Look beyond my sight. Seeing is okay. not always seeing. Believing uh-huh. is seeing. 
Okay. Anybody? Seeing is not believing. Believing is seeing. It's seeing. Because right. you are going to see what you believe. And if you believe there's much more out there, mm-hmm. and that's so much out there for the higher good, you're going to see it. All and right. you're going to perceive it. But don't yeah. look to see it, believe it. Believe it first, and you will see it. Believe it, that's, then I'll see it. Yes, that's where he goes back to the imagination. He says, really, the truth and the imagination is what creates the reality here in this density. That is what mm-hmm. shapes and reshapes life day after day and is the truth of transformation. Yes. So really what your work is about is about transformation. Okay. And isn't that true for all of us here? Aren't we all just transforming more and more each and every moment? Yes, we are. We are transforming every moment. Because, you know, the first act of God was creation. Yeah. So every act of creation is an act of God. Mm-hmm. Whether you choose to you know, do jumping jacks right now or just go shopping, you know, whatever choice you're making, you're creating every second, every minute. Yes, yes. So your perceptions, your rituals, your, you know, conceptions, everything that we put in our reality work with us, you know, with the functions of the body and with our functions in all the realms all at once at all times. Mm-hmm. The imagination yes. is powerful. Thought forms are powerful. And because you have the understanding of a higher earth, not that we're necessarily there yet, but mm-hmm. because you conceive of a higher earth, and that's what they've been giving to you, mm-hmm. you're going to help create that. Oh, great. I would love to. So what you're designing is morphic field. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, if you really, you know, and we all inherit, the, you know, the bodily, emotional, mental, and cultural habits, including the habits of our languages. And often what we try to do is create within a morphic field that's already been created. But if that particular morphic field has limits, then mm-hmm. you're trying to create more than the limits will allow because it's like being in a box trying to create a bigger box. So I need to create out, yeah, outside those morphic fields. I need to create new. Yeah, you create new ones, and you create them from mm-hmm. scratch, and then they're going to show you how to, and they're not from scratch. I mean, in infinity, yeah. anything can be pulled out. Anything can yeah. be contained. It's just yeah. what do we contain and what is the formula to put that form morphic field together to gather the consciousness the quickest in order to expand that morphic field. Unless something has consciousness, you, it, it is very difficult to use it. If I called you a purple banana, you would break out laughing. <laughs> but if I, I called you a um, a thief or something like that, then that has mm-hmm. consciousness. That's very insulting. 
Uh-huh. Really, nothing means anything unless you give a consciousness. Yeah. That is why yeah. religions have such wrong mass appeal. You have people giving energy into a construct of belief for millenniums that have created a life force of its own. So in creating your morphic fields, they're going to show you what to gather from that already has consciousness in order to create a morphic field of transformation that's going to bring into a higher earth. So you can pull aspects from morphic fields already created that have consciousness, but you can interweave them into a a ball of yarn, creating a whole new field that is already infused with consciousness from concepts that are already understood, but yet are capable of evolving. Yes. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. I want to thank you so much, but and I want to give others a chance to be able to talk with you. But thank you so much for being on, on Pure Hope Show. Um, I truly oh, appreciate that. Sure. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Joe, for calling. We have another phone call from sure. Atlanta, Georgia, and Great. I will get that on right here. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, you have a um, question for Shirley. Yeah, I have a question. And my question is, if she talks to Jesus, uh, can she be able to tell how much truth is in the Bible? That's a heck of a question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can only tell you about my own interpretations and what I have gotten from talking to the Master Jesus. Okay. And and I'm not saying that the Bible is wrong. But what what, what we need to remember is that there have been you know 500 interpretations of the Bible. And there have been many mass interpretations that have changed a lot of words. I mean, you really have to get to the original Greek translations. For instance, uh, redemption or repentance in older writings means renewal of the mind. And it has a totally different meaning if you were to get into the King James Bible. So what has happened through time and evolving is truths have taken on different truths and sooner or later they lead to a different path than the original path that he taught so what I really get um, from the master Jesus that he would like or you know people to know is that we are all masters within ourselves. And so many feel they can never do what Jesus did. And we are very, very capable of doing what Jesus did, if not more. Also, a stress to me is that we are not separated from God. Also, religion does teach, I think, you know, separation or perceived separation from God. 
that I think you know is one of the most profound uh, teachings or messages that I got from the Master Jesus. That for humanity, I think can make the biggest difference. How does that feel to you? Well, it sounds right, but I want, uh, can I ask a specific question about Jesus? I'll do my because best. I did a little bit of research, and I uh, did he really die on the cross, or he didn't die on the cross? Oh, you're going to like this one. Yes and no. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. He went through what they call the Christ initiation. And there is an aspect of him, a part of him, that did die on that cross. But he was also taken down. Now, he was crucified uh, shortly before the Passover. And usually they left him up on the crosses, you know, overnight, you know, 24 hours. He was taken down within about two hours, you know, after perceived death. Actually, was it a cross or was it a tree? What's that? Was it really a cross or it was a tree? Uh, The latter seems to be resonating stronger, whatever that is. The 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 tree is... Yeah, um, a tree or they were a tree that looked like crosses. Um, I don't know why a tree just seems to resonate, but it does, so I'm going to go with that. Regardless, he was taken down, and he was given it. You know when they raised that uh, deal for, for his thirst, it was like a drug and really perceived that he was dead. It really seemed like he was dead. But he is telling me he went through a, a type of death on the cross, or what we'll call it the cross, or when he was crucified. There was a definite initiation, what they would call a Christ initiation. And he is indicating to me that he did live after that, but very differently, as much more of an ascended being. So uh, so he, he transformed. So, and I do believe he went into, he went into India. But it was like a higher aspect even of himself going into India, but as Jesus, but not as Jesus, if that makes any sense at all. So th- there was an incredible transformation that um, took place. And he had the ability to use ectoplasm to project himself. He had the ability to teleport. And he had the ability uh, to send thoughts at a distance, create things, manifest. He was an alchemist. So how he was perceived, of course, back then, and the way it was written about... Uh, could be very, very different because back then they certainly didn't have the understanding of the evolution that we have today. But, of course, when the, in 60 D, you know, when you got the conferences with, you know, Constantinople and Constantine and Theodore, they, they took massive books out of the Bible and, and many of those are stories and teachings of Jesus. 
So I'm not saying that teachings in the Bible are wrong. They, but they've been retranslated and retranslated and retranslated. Some of them written about 70 years after the fact. And there's a lot of teachings that point to that Judas Iscariot was not the betrayer of Jesus, as you know was put out there. But that was mainly put out there to, you know, throw in a story in order to have people feel that one of his disciples turned on him. He was actually next in line for the Christ. There's a lot of distortions, a lot of distortions. But knowing who you are through God and as a God being and that you are in itself a master who can become an ascended master, that's huge, very, very huge. But so, yes, he did die, but he did live again. Does that make any sense? Well, thank you for that question, um, and thank you for that answer. I appreciate the question, and I appreciate the answer. And um, because my next question that I have kind of relates to what this gentleman was asking you is that you know, just as I said before in the opening, that this is not the time for preparations anymore. But I really feel that this is a time of action and moving into our abilities and our sacred contracts. And that I know that, Shirley, one of the things that you're dedicated to is helping people personally move into their higher self. And just, and I believe exactly what you said to the gentleman caller from Georgia um, is that we can do as much and more than, and that was his teachings to us. So how do you help personally people go into their gifts and abilities when you do work with them? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to um, put a plug in uh, for Reverend Carrie Chapman, who I know has done some wonderful work uh, at your uh, beautiful place there. She has. She uh, has. She is doing something right now as what I call um, renegotiating your soul contracts. Hmm. And I definitely think that if you um, are interested in that, to look at her website at namaste-wi.com and check that out because it's very, very powerful. We can renegotiate our soul contracts where our soul is going. We do not have to sit on that karmic wheel over and over and over again. The time has come where going through that karma over and over again is just becoming futile, and we have evolved past that. In my case, this is how I look at it. And uh, I am a matrix energetics practitioner. It is a transformational energy that works in all realms, past, present, and future, all alternate timelines, and with the energies of any past lives, because everything is one consciousness, and we are in it all at the same time. What I spoke about earlier, about things going, you know, being taken out of form, I, the masters downloaded a, kind of an interesting template to me, that I found fascinating, but it works very, very well for me. Now, this is my own uh, template. 
that I use matrix energetics with, but I do want to give credit also to Melissa Joy and Richard Bartlett for bringing in a tremendous modality that has just changed lives. Transformation is all at once. When you look at your timeline and you're trying to reverse something or you're trying to change the story over and over and over, only to find yourself right back in the story again with the same things manifesting, we have to understand that principalities and you know, energy and thought forms, all of these have consciousness. And when we are wanting to go into the affinity of the all that is to create our timelines, we are, by choice, creating how we want to experience ourselves as God beings in this timeline. Now, zero-point energy which is often used very much with matrix, is a vacuum spin. It spins two directions. It goes forwards and it goes backwards at the same time, creating what you call, it's a vacuum. And it neutralizes. And I, it is my theory that the true opposition is neutralization. Even though water can put out fire, fire does not put out water. And in every day, we're working with different kind of elements to try to create and uncreate our lives. Part of evolution is changing the language to which we resonate to. And what our DNA and our bodies resonates to is consciousness. And when you bring that consciousness into form, then you have language a way of perceiving your reality and a way of experiencing your reality. So God is not zero-point energy. That is the divine finger of God. God in itself equals one. God, in order to experience God, must come back into himself or herself, which means that ascension comes back into God Anything negative, it goes up into God, and, you know, you get this cross template, but everything meets in the middle instead of going up and up and up or down and down and down as we perceive hell way below and heaven way above. In truth, it's all a way back into God's source. So below what I would call, you know, the middle, I would call that more like inversion, where everything can sit and form. That's where you can have your hate, that's where you can have your love, you know, your anger, you know, things that could be perceived as negative but must take a form in order to be in your, you know, contained in your life. And then on top I have what you call, you know, top of the cross would be what I would call ascension, love, God's source, ethers, fluid, totally outside of form, love. It can be anywhere at any time. And then the back and forth line is what I see as our our timeline that we choose to experience ourselves in. What happens when you give consciousness to something that may not be what I might necessarily call a positive aspect? Let's say 
there's a vow of poverty back in the generations, 1280 or something. <laughs> and, you know, and this vow is so powerful for a strong because the attitude of this is the way to God, you know, to be destitute, you know, to, to not have anything, you know, to be only in spirit, or otherwise you're vain. And this becomes so strong that the DNA literally starts to map to this vow. And then the things that happen to this person, you know, become what you would call confirmation that they are right. Because believe uh-huh. me, you can pull you can pull confirmation out of anywhere. And this right. is why you've got a hundred different religions that have their own truths, that have their own miracles, that have their own way that say, I am right because look, all this supports it. Well they're right. They're all right. So maybe the next generation picks up on that type of attitude because their DNA is mapped. Now, if you think about a computer like a macro, you know, one thing calls out to another. This is called sympathic. It's sympathic. And it is something that like attracts like. So next thing you know, the next generation has a very similar attitude. They give a consciousness that comes very strong. They live their life that way. And then the third one does it, and then the fourth one does it, and then the fifth one does it, and then the tenth and the fifteenth and the twentieth and the twenty-fifth. Then you've got a modern-day person saying, I am working my butt off, and why am I not getting anywhere? Why do things keep happening to derail me? I don't understand. My whole family's this way. Why are they all doing it? Something like that could be the very reason. When you shift that person through transformation, it, the language changes, and then the whole resonation that you're putting out there completely changes, and guess what happens? You just change the karma of your ancestry. You just shifted them back about 50 generations, and their karma became different only because you change it. Remember, all things are at once, all time and space happens at the same time. Just because this person took a vow in 12 AD don't mean that that has to keep working that way. There could be healing from the future that goes back to that being that changes them. Next thing you know, perhaps this person does this work, and we're able through neutralization, through the vacuum, through transformation, through the changing of the patterning, and this can be done through energy work. You can do it, I can do it, all those energetic workers out there can do it. And you know how everyone can do that? Start changing how you're thinking. Yes, but they're saying, how do you How you're thinking if I keep intellectualizing but I can't seem to change this. Yes. And this is where information shows up. Matrix Energetics, Reconnection, uh, and the wonderful work you're doing are all modalities of transformation. What you're doing, Hope, because people are booked up with you, you know, you're in advance. There's a reason. You're changing their DNA. You are transforming not only them, their past, their past lives, but their offspring and all future offspring. And what I often do when I work with this type of patterning 
is I look for information. Now, the thing is, is if somebody's got a stomach ache, you don't have to go straight to the stomach. There's usually information that there could be an emotional thing going on, a spiritual thing going on. There could be a judgment that's being made. You just look for where the information is, basically. Uh-huh. And you take into a, a neutral, because anything to come out of form has to neutralize. It has no choice. And then when you go into God love, into transformation, into the all that is, and you bring that back into form, into your your timeline, you're bringing in a whole new resonation. And you let the universe and you let God work, and what comes in is a new divine imprint on the DNA and into the physical and it affects all time frames and all realms when that happens. So now they've gone from English to French, you know. Yeah. yeah. This would explain why somebody who is adopted with their real parents all the way across the world, but they're acting like their father and mother across the world. DNA speaks to each other no matter where it is. And it doesn't have to just be people. It can be in a city. It can be in a country. It could be a principality of violence. It could be a principality of depression. It could be a principality of wealth or arrogance. I mean, these things all, by building up, you know, they take form. You get these things out of form, and you can recreate almost anything. And that presents kind of an interesting issue when you're going into love and creation. Most of us try to create how we should love, how we should act, or what transformation should look like. But I can guarantee you change the language, what is attracted to you, the very nature of what happens to you in your life completely transforms. And part of an example of this is I've done this kind of work on people who have um, maybe have been abused. And that memory, because emotional bodies carry resonance, they do take form. And in that form, we feed it, and it feeds us, and we feed that. That's why sometimes why grief can be such a hard, you know, hard thing to get over. Uh Uh-huh. You know, you recreate their death over and over and over, you know, know, that type of thing. You know, every anniversary, every birthday, you know. Right, And emotional bodies... um, They take form. So what happens when you transform, you're no longer relating to that emotional field that is created around the trauma. It totally resonates. It just neutralizes out. And what you bring in is a new understanding of whatever happened, or you just simply can't even remember what happened. I've had people who have been abused that knew they've been abused, but they couldn't remember it anymore. They couldn't even remember what it was emotionally like to be there. Yes, yes. That is the, I would like you to repeat that, because that's how you know that that DNA then has changed, because the people who do tell the story, and they get hooked on the story, and then their emotional body or their pain body, as um, just Eckhart Tolle 
with, say, the pain body, or the DNA has not been changed because they can still feel that the emotional pain in their body. And the DNA, when the DNA, to me, how when I work with people, how I know the DNA has changed is that just exactly like you said, is that they can, they hardly even remember or even don't remember that particular event or story that took place. That literally the DNA has changed. The structure of, of the DNA has changed. Absolutely right. And that is the evolving work. That is the work we're doing today. Yeah. You know, we're just dumping the karma. Not, we're not dumping the story. We're just recreating it because that's all right. that is. Right. And right. I've said happen. Then, then their children go, oh, my God, suddenly they're not resonating to abuse anymore. And mm-hmm. suddenly their relationships are changing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mass energy often shapes our DNA and influences how we perceive, conceptualize, and what ritual we use. We have our rituals on how we access God. Mm-hmm. We have our rituals on how we love and what it's supposed to feel like. And you, you start bringing in all your conceptions and rituals, suddenly that becomes our reality. What happens right. when you change the whole perception and conception and the whole ritual changes? it got a whole new life. Yes. Yes. we got a whole new life. That's the biggest thing. We had a wonderful, wonderful um, solstice here the other night, and all of us could feel in that ritual and celebration our DNA changing. Because I, for me, I also, what I try to do to the clients is um, that it's through agreement that we can um, change that DNA through the agreement now, new agreements, uh, just as Carrie's doing, the new sacred contracts that are coming in and that we don't have to carry the old contract anymore. Um, and who would want to carry it? I mean, especially when it comes to lack, limitations, um, you know, poverty, um, health issues. And what I've just told people is that there is a new um, consciousness that is embracing us and we are to embrace it and allow that to come up, come up, come up, come up. One of the things is that I've heard, and I always kind of mention my teacher, Christina Rose, is, and I always ask this, I think of the speakers or the guests that I have is, is that I think it's so important to stay in our hearts and out of the ego, and I do believe that that happens when we change our DNA. Um, But what Christina Rose had told me um, some time ago, um, that just as we've seen the government change and the school changing and um, the medical system changing, that we will also see a change within certain you know, we have readers and teachers and energy workers that they are going to go through a large change and shift as well. And that those who have not changed the structure of their DNA and have not gone into their spiritual DNA, that they will be taken out from their duties. Have you heard that? Do you resonate with that? Um, here's how I see it, Hope. 
it's not that they're going to be taken out of their duties. They just won't be able to resonate with them. They won't be able to find them. Right. Uh, you know, if you're playing chopsticks and and Andante needs to be played, there, there's kind of a problem. It's not that you don't want to play Andante. It's because you don't have the tools to do it. Yes. Or the knowledge yes. to do it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what's happening to a lot of light workers, they're being shook upside down, and you know their brains are being rattled, and everything's coming to the floor, and their stuff's coming up to the surface. And probably most of them feel like they're the most being attacked and having their booties kicked right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that with a lot of healers. Yeah, and, and why it's going to force them to look to get out of it. They're, they're not going to like feeling that way, and they're going to be saying, how am I going to help anyone else if I'm feeling like my own world's just going to pieces? Now, mm-hmm. this is where we all kind of help and support each other. There's no one on this planet that does not, not want to know God, not want to know love, not want to know ascension, not want to feel what it's like to be connected. But what happens is when they can't get to that, they feel angry, they feel ripped off, they feel robbed, the ego takes over, I have to get in here and make up for my lack of worth, blah, 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 and because, you know, it's fear, you know, that they're not enough, it's fear, they're separated, oh my God, if I don't believe the right thing, I'm gonna, it's going to be hellfire and brimstone, and really, truthfully, a spoon believes God to be a spoon, why would it believe otherwise? Uh-huh. Uh, and uh-huh. so we... We, we attune to a god of our egos because and we want to be special and we want to be connected. And so we connect through what we believe connection looks like. So you have to be open to what transformation is, just that. And in a, a society where you have feel-good tablets and pills you can pop and buttons you can push, most people could be led to believe or think that when you are connected to God, it just feels amazing all the time. <laughs> Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. as God evolves, the earth is evolving, so are we. Yes. And sometimes our very connection is what causes us to seek transformation in order to change something. And if you get enough people seeking that transformation, then it becomes a principality, it becomes a consciousness, and things move. Everything has torsion. Without torsion, without movement, things do not change and things do not evolve. But torsion can work in the negative, too, that if you keep bringing up the old programming and it keeps working there, then it unfortunately, you know, you just keep going back into it and up. To me, uh, neutralization or going through that zero point is, you know, basically the divine finger of God is the only way out. If I got to heal you, then I mean you're sick, right? So what we want to do is be open to what the universe is giving us. And if you are getting a message and something isn't working for you, don't beat yourself up. That'll make it worse. What is that object in the light that is in the way? Now, there are a lot of things that affect us, environmental, our generations. You know, generational miasms are huge. You could get caught up in environmental miasms. You can be in a 
a deal where you know, you're in the 75th life with somebody you can't work a relationship out with. You know, these things, they happen, and trying to fix them rather than trying to transform or try, not even try, but to look at whatever the object is in the way in order to create transformation or remove that object and get rid of the shadow is really what's going to help people to evolve. And it's kind of a newer concept. Uh I mean, we're putting them on the metaphysical couch. We're writing down all the things that are going on. And then we're going to walk up and go, zap, neutralize it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't this supposed to take like uh, hours? Uh, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. It took me yeah. 64 lifetimes to create this problem, and you what, did zap? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I did. I brought in mm-hmm. God's source, and we neutralized that out because it no longer serves you. That's what happened. And that's where renegotiating the soul contracts, but even coming into healers like ourselves and and supporting others and knowing that the Christ lives, in, you know, that energy is inside all of them, whether you're Jewish, Buddhist, or whatever, God's source is the core of every one of us. And sometimes we all need help in trying to figure out, you know, when you're in the middle of it, what is going on. But when you go in there and you say, oh, there's about 34 past lives, zap, and oh, here and over here is something generational, zap, and uh, let's spin this out of, um, you know, a belief system that is no longer serving you, zap. They're like, oh, my God, now what am I going to relate to? Yes, (laughs) yes. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring in a whole new resonance where love understanding, and the higher consciousness creates their own language. And you got to bring that into the timeline. You know, if we take a mirror and we look at infinity, you know, we bring up that mirror to that mirror, you know, as you did as a kid, go, oh, cool, look, it goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So do our realms. And so do our aspects off the monad of our oversouls. They go on and on and on. And if we're going to contain in this timeline then we have to choose how we're bringing it in. That's the deal. Because if you're trying to shave in an infinity mirror, chances are you're going to cut your nose off. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You can't see yourself. Right, right. So this is really what our timeline is. How am I going to contain in this timeline through perception, through conception, now that I've got a whole new resonance that I can play with, the universe will work with us. The masters work as it work with us. They bring it in. And what happens is the love, which is really our true natural core, starts to shine or the joy comes in or something may come up that, you know, wow, I'm feeling just really sad. And that may be something to look at that transforms out. And then, wow, things are amazing. And I have seen lives change overnight. Now, one of the concepts that um, I have brought in that are kind of different, and I've had an awful lot of deers in the headlights when I talked about this, so I'm going to try to simplify it. 
If you have a glove on the right hand and you pull it off and stick it on the left hand, it looks completely different, but it's the same glove. We can still work with our DNA constructs, with our generational forms, with our, you know, what we've created. But if we have that container, we can get inside in, inside out, inside in, and we can keep pulling that in and out until we get a completely different result within the same form. So what could be anger, and I am going to get that person, and I'm going to live to do that, you pull that glove inside out, same construct, they're still dealing with the same trauma, and now it becomes, I'm going to forgive that person, and I'm going to pray for them, and hope that they find the love of God, that, and they never do that terrible thing again. And that is what we're also working with within the transformation in the timeline. So not only are we evolving out of the forms that no longer serve us, we're bringing them back in, not absolutely brand new forms. Sometimes it is, but because they have chosen certain contracts and they have chosen certain realms of containment in order to experience their timelines, you could dump that barrel out and fill it with something entirely different. Or you turn that barrel inside out, it looks different, but it's the same one. Uh-huh. And that creates uh, an amazing way to work with transformation. So, if a, you know, and I've seen this happen where if you still have a form that says, I want to hate, and you're trying to, you know, and you get rid of all this, you know, stuff that's, you know, in the way, but there's still that, that's something that they they can't quite get over. Literally, energetically, Hope, turn it inside out. Then turn it inside in. It's like you got a piece of taffy, energetic taffy. Even if you have a metaphor that right in front of you, pull uh-huh. it in, pull it out, pull it out. You're going to be amazed. They'll transform uh-huh. right in front of your eyes. <laughs> Zap, and then it's gone. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's going to be my new yeah. one working now. Well, if yeah, our guests, go ahead. Uh-huh. If our guests would like to get a hold of you to have a session with you or um, a matrix energetic session, um, what uh, what's the information you'd like to give them tonight? They can reach me at poet444 at gmail.com, P-O-E-T-444 at gmail.com. And that is my email address, and I'm Shirley, and they can certainly reach me there. Okay. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation. I thank the callers who had called in to ask a question. And, you know, this has been a wonderful journey of this broadcast for me as you brought in Elvis for me, and I love that. I'm going to go home and play some Elvis music and and uh, bring more Elvis into my life as we continue to do these broadcasts. So, so I really want to thank you, Shirley, for sharing with us this evening of being bold and brave and having full disclosure of bringing in crossovers and celebrities to us. And so I, I just thank you, thank you, thank you for... Um, 
doing this show with us tonight. I found it very fascinating. And I hope this has just been an absolute joy, and I love being on. So thank you so much for having me Thank you. Thank you very much for being on. I would also love to thank our many, many listeners um, who are listening tonight. If they tell our listeners right now that if you want to listen to this program, once again, we keep everything on the archives. We've had some wonderful guests um, on the program, and if you'd like to listen to them, it's all on the archives, so please tune in. Uh, You are the ones that I do this show for. So if you have enjoyed this program this evening, and if you've gotten a gem from the program, I would ask you from my heart to just please pass it on. I'm dedicated, just as Elvis had said, that I'm doing good at work. I want to get this information out to as many people as I can. And it does take courage for me to ask you, to ask all of you, to do me the favor of passing it on. I'm truly aware how many um, broadcast programs that are on the air. I'm appreciative that you are all very busy people listening to this program. But I want you to know that before we started this show, before I started any show from a year and a half ago, and just as we end it tonight, I sit with uh, my assistant, Miss Jody, in this beautiful temple that sits on the hill, and I bless you all. I bless the speakers and the guests and the people who call in. Listening to this program is indeed a choice, and passing it on through your Facebook and to your friends is a choice. And if love governs your choices, then I ask for you to send this link on to the blog talk Pure Hope Show to others with love. It is in love and through love that we're going to change our spiritual DNA and zap everything. Um, This world is in the times... I told you I was going to say zap probably not for a long time. This world in the times to come will radiate, I am sure of it, radiate the essence of all of our love choices. So may all of our choices be governed by love and joy and peace and filled with the intention of birthing our new world. So prevail on earth to all of you. Thank you once again, Shirley, for all of your help and for bringing in Elvis. I just love it that you brought in Elvis. Hey, it was his idea. (laughs) (laughs) So to get more information about our Temple on a Hill, the Hope Interfaith Center, please go to our website, www.hopeinterfaithcenter.com. It's a brand new website. Um, Also, you can call our center at 507-386-1242. Namaste. Until next time, I appreciate all of you. God bless. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.